from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. It's a show that you don't have to uh, pay crazy interest for, you know? Uh, we All we ask is that you pay a bit of the most valuable currency of this time, attention. Uh, why are we talking about payments in installments? It's because today's topic at first glance may sound a little strange for a show that applies critical thought to conspiracies, but as we've established, all sorts of shenanigans can occur in the strangest, most ostensibly innocuous places. Uh, Noel, Matt, have either of you ever uh, ever been in a rent-to-own store, like a rent-a-center or an errands? No, but I always remark about like, what is this? Uh, who is it for? And why is it so big? Mm, yeah, I, I've been in an errands. There was one right down by my old house. And I went in there early on when I moved to the Atlanta area. And it was to really look at prices of things. And I didn't know anything back then. So I didn't realize that the prices that were represented in there were actually very different than the prices at other large retailers. 
did you think Aaron's was just like a big box store or did you yeah, understand? I, I, okay, I didn't yeah. know what it was, uh, but I looked through and everything seemed way too expensive for me. Yeah, it's a common uh, it's a common observation. Many people throughout the United States, uh, weirdly enough, not so much in the United Kingdom. That statement will make sense later. Today, the show presents the case of an industry that just may have weaponized the American dream. Don't believe that's hyperbolic language either, which should frighten people. Uh, stuff they don't want you to know is talking about the rent-to-own industry. Note, important housekeeping note, not the rent-to-own home industry where people rent a house from a landlord, company, or individual with the idea of one day owning it. Uh, that's a separate future episode. This episode is about a quite common and quite controversial practice of renting appliances, putting things on a take-it-home kind of layaway. Uh, appliances, furniture, video game consoles, you name it. The show will get into it today. Here are the facts. For these purposes, what does stuff they don't want you to know mean when it says rent to own? Or even in, in this day and age, um, the idea of, you know, owning your phone or like wh what is that, you know, payment that's built into your bill that allows you to get the newest, hottest, most up to date phone, you know, right when you want it, even if you don't want to pay the full price. And another thing we're going to talk about is how ultimately irrelevant uh, at the end of the day, the actual price becomes. Yes. For, so for our purposes today on this episode, rent to own means entering into a contractual agreement with a third party. That's you, right? You enter an agreement with that party to take home something, as we mentioned before, let's say a couch, and then to pay either on a weekly or monthly basis for that couch. It will generally be a much smaller payment than how much the couch costs, but you're going to be making that payment for an extended period of time. Yeah. So think of things like buying a vehicle, buying a house, large appliances, you know, a refrigerator isn't cheap or furniture, a nice sofa set. This also can include things like student loans, epic vacations. In the United States, this unfortunately includes life-saving or life-breaking medical procedures and so on. The thing is, the harsh reality is that not everyone can immediately buy these goods and services with cash up front. That's why people take out loans or pay for things in installment plans, layaway at old school brick and mortar stores, or uh, most commonly for people paying off a phone as part of one's monthly bill. When this all works out, it's a win-win for stakeholders. People are able to acquire their stuff, manufacturers sell their stuff, Banks make money all the time off the interest. That's accepted as normal. The concept of rent to own takes it a step further into all sorts of products. And honestly, fellow conspiracy realists, for many people, this is the only viable way to make necessary purchases. Let's not make the mistake of vilifying the poor, as convenient as it may be for all sorts of bad faith actors. These are not luxurious things. There's not avocado toast, et cetera, one would argue. This is stuff that people need to survive. But it's not free. The rent-to-own outfits are taking on risk, so they uh, always tack on a higher interest rate per month. Big question, how did this become a thing? Because got to guarantee you, 
not to inject personal opinion in here, most things that seem sketchy are older than they seem as well. Yeah. Um, so historians usually trace the concept of uh, the rent to own industry back to the early 20th century in the United Kingdom uh, to two people, Percy Pairings Toms and another gentleman, an Austrian businessman named Jules Thorne. Uh, and the first rent to own establishment, brick and mortar kind of uh, storefront, Radio Rentals. That's interesting shout because uh, out, yeah. shout out pain. Well, also that term in the UK, I believe, uh, ultimately became like a that's crazy. Uh, that's that that's radio rental, and um, I think that's probably a reference to like who would be crazy enough to do one of these things. I'm just speculating here, but uh, we're gonna get to that. Uh, that came in 1930 um, because of Percy Pairings Toms, um, who was from Brighton. He was a radio dealer who thought that, you know, with the advent of radio and it being the hot thing and keeping up with the Joneses mentality and all, he thought that people were going to be really, really, you know, um, desperate to get a radio, you know, so they wouldn't feel left out of the conversation. I mean, there was so much culture happening on the radio. And if you didn't have one, then you weren't, you kind of almost felt like a second-class citizen. So um, he took advantage of that, let's say, insecurity from some folks that maybe couldn't afford it um, and set up a situation where you could rent radios to consumers rather than having them purchase them with cash on the barrel head, as it were. It is very interesting when you look at today's rent-a-centerville or whatever you want to call this thing, the industry of renting goods, because that's translated from radios to uh, televisions. Televisions are one of the most rented things from these rent rental uh, centers, I guess we call them. I know I only know that because there's a place called Rent-A-Center. Literally, Rent-A-Center. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, too, considering how much cheaper televisions have gotten. You know, it used to be back in the day to get the nicest, like, plasma screen or whatever. You'd be spending a grand or more, you know, minimum. But nowadays you can get a perfectly fine LCD, you know, H HD TV for just a couple hundred bucks. So it does also imply that people are preying on folks' uh, lack of awareness of what else is available in the market. Yeah, to sew that up real quick, there's another guy in the story, Jules Thorne. You might not have heard of Jules Thorne if you were not from the United Kingdom. In 1928, uh, this Austrian businessman moved to England made something called the Electrical Lamp Service Company, imports light bulbs and radio components in 1932. He gets, uh, he starts playing the monopolization game. He operates his own radio rental shop, Lotus Radio, in 33. Later, he acquires Pairing Tom's old business. Uh, this business model made sense. Everybody wanted a radio. They wanted to keep up with the Joneses and to keep up with the news, to have their fingers on the pulse of the zeitgeist. But of course, not everyone can pony up to become an early adopter. Not everyone has the cash to buy one of these newfangled gadgets or gizmos all at once. Same with televisions. Uh, when televisions became mainstream, the rental companies made a killing off that as well. There's a 1962 article from Time magazine, which you can find online, uh, that shows 80% of British television sets in the early 1960s were rented. Less than 1% of U.S. televisions were. Uh, and 
The ones in the U.S. that were rented were mostly rented by hotels. You can find vintage advertisements from London in particular that show the uh, the appeal of this. Uh, they included free service warranties, essentially, which are not always included in the U.S. rent-to-own debacle that's happening today. But maybe, uh, maybe it's time to talk about how it spread across the Atlantic, how to get from the U.K. to the U.S. I want to just add, you, you, you have a really excellent clipping um, in, in the outline today from one of those ads, and it says, uh, two years free service, tubes and valves, etc. cetera, uh, because, you know, this kind of analog technology ran on these um, expendable parts that would not last forever, like a tube or a valve, something, it's like a light bulb, essentially, it will like burn out, and, you know, the folks, consumers were not educated in how to repair their own stuff unless they were tinkerers, let's just say. So, you know, someone might think, oh, my, my TV's completely dead. And they just wouldn't know that I just need to order this thing. And you literally just pop it in. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. But they're capitalizing on that um, sort of ignorance as well. It's really good that you point that out, Noel, because that remains, and I'm sure we'll get into it a little further, but that remains as one of the biggest uh, selling points for, for one of these rental service companies is that they will service whatever it is that you, whatever it is you're renting from them, they will service it free of charge. Anything you need, we'll take care of it. No problem. For a, a dishwasher or something that matters, that's almost the equivalent of having like a landlord that if your stuff goes out, they're going to fix it. You're not going to be responsible for like figuring that out. So that could to some people also be appealing. Unless they're one of the uh, large scale financial institutions that are buying up all the rental property in the United States. But yeah, yeah, it's true. So the idea hit the United States around the 50s and 60s when a couple of, you know, uh, American entrepreneurs um, pioneered that concept, or at least, you know, Americanized it, let's just say. Uh, Charles Loudermilk, and we used to have a colleague with the last name Loudermilk. I've always loved that name. There's a, a blues guitarist, I think, also like with the name Loudermilk. I think it's very, very Nashville, old school, country, Western kind of vibes. And uh, this guy, Charles Loudermilk Sr., was actually from right here in Atlanta. And I think I'm right here. Um, he founded a company called Aaron Rents, which uh, must have rebranded to become Aaron's Rentals or that place, or just Aaron's, I think. Yeah, just, it's known as Aaron's. Well, you did that, and that makes sense why you wouldn't have realized it was one of these rent places or renta centers. You just thought it was like a big box, maybe affordable kind of, uh, you know, storefront. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm just not very smart, guys. That's nah, not how come now. <laughs> come now. No, sorry. I think they're, I think, well, I, okay. I think, well, if they got you, they definitely probably get others because I would argue you're quite savvy and very smart. Um, uh, and, you know, without the word rental or renta center type deal in the name, you could easily confuse it for just a showroom of like fancy home goods, you know? Hey, speaking of that, there is a place called Rent a Center, though, and it's been around for a while. Yeah, we, we see that around here as well. Um, and even the logo is very old school looking. Yeah, Aaron Aaron's, as it's known today, the Aaron's company started out as Aaron Rents in 1955. They had a bunch of surplus chairs from the U.S. Army. They rented them out for 10 cents a day. <laughs> Rent a Center is founded by J. Ernest Talley, who T A L L E Y, uh, who is nowadays largely acknowledged as the father of the modern uh, 
rent to own industry in the United States, similar to how Edward Bernays is often called the father of public relations. Uh, This guy comes out of Kansas. He has this retail appliance store. And in the 1950s, there was this issue about bank credit. You have to remember, folks, this is before the dawn of the credit card economy. uh, And that plays a huge role in what went wrong here. Uh, Bank credit prevented a lot of people from walking in and buying an appliance of some sort, right? So he said, why don't I rent it out? And if people can't meet their monthly payment, I can always, this is him talking, I can always repossess the merchandise when we reach the end of this take-home layaway, which is just a term made up for this show. It's not something that you'll find in the industry. Uh, They would own the merchandise, Tolly would have some cool stuff happening on the other side. He would have had uh, guaranteed income monthly, right, month over month. And he would have also been able to look at his spreadsheet and say uh, that he increased sales or his company did. Observers are watching this. And just like when ketchup hits the mainstream in the 1800s, a lot of other people get into the game. And that's what leads you here to this episode. According to the Association of Progressive Rental Organizations, the size of the rent-to-own industry as of 2014-15, those are the most comprehensive numbers. Now, it tops $8.5 billion in the United States alone. Uh, You can see... Pre-pandemic, you can see almost 10,000 different retailers selling this stuff throughout Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. Uh, Rent-A-Center alone is a big player. That's probably 2,400 stores. This could be seen as a win-win, again, when everything's above the board. But today's question, what happens when things aren't above the board? And how come so many people think this is a hotbed of corruption and, indeed, conspiracy. Pausing for a moment uh, for a word from the sponsors and diving in. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. 
on-demand, tempt to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Here's where it gets crazy. Turns out this industry, as undeniably profitable as it is, has a ton of critics for several incredibly valid and disturbing reasons. One of the biggest reasons we've already kind of been hinting at, it's that you're going to pay a lot more money in the end if you're renting one of these goods uh, rather than if you just went out and purchased it. You're, you're going to be paying a much larger price in the end. And people see that as predatory, for sure. Like, you're essentially, as the owner of one of these stores, or as the person that's running one of these stores, you are getting, you're giving a loan, basically, out in the form of a good. And then you're just making interest. Like, lots and lots of interest and stuff on the top of somebody who probably can't afford it. Well, and I imagine all of that stuff happens in-house. Like, it's not like this is being financed through a bank. You're essentially on the hook like you would be to a loan shark or something. I mean, not to be too hyperbolic, but it is a company um, that is not a bank, probably has affiliations with banks and things like that. But you're, you haven't, like, signed up for a loan exactly, right? Like, it's sort of is that, but it also kind of isn't. Essentially, I guess it's just kind of a bad loan. I, I don't know. Who writes the laws would be the question. Yeah, the, the most telling aspect of the way these stores do business in the modern day is the pricing. If you have ever traveled, this, this is way more common outside of the, the U.S. and Canada. If you've ever traveled to certain countries, you'll walk into a store and there's not a price. And so you want to buy something and you ask what the price is and they'll say, for you, X amount of whatever currency there is. And the understanding here is that the customer must negotiate. But again, that doesn't happen in the U.S. near as often. In most of these establishments, the prices are not clearly marked. There are, however, very well-trained associates ready to help you find out prices in terms of the lease. I would just say some of that has changed a little bit now that a lot of these places have moved online. I don't know I don't know how much of their business is done online versus inside the store, but I know they 
they have a thing sometimes that I've seen on their websites on Rent-A-Center in particular where you're not exactly sure how much it costs until you put in some of your location information, you put in a couple extra things, then you can get at least an estimated price of how much it'll cost. But it, you're right, Ben, it is different in that it's it's not so clear, I don't think. And often it's it's made to look like there's a sale or something or it's it's going to be less now than it would be usually if you do it right now. That's the illusion of of, uh, of big box kind of stores. Like I used to work at a music shop when I was younger and we would, you know, it was kind of an old school family owned operation and we had to price everything with little, you know, tags with like a piece of string on it. You'd put around the, the tuning key of the guitar and it would have a price on it and then slashed through that price. We'd write this by pen and then it would have your price and then they would give you a better price than even that because they just like the cut of your jib or whatever it might have been but the slash through price is what's called list price which is the price that nobody pays it's sort of this like weird standardizing thing i guess and then the price that's under there would be what would be retail right and then even that's too high so it gives them room to haggle and give the illusion of a good deal. And I had to do that. Like I was trained. It made me feel so icky. I hated it. Um, but that's their whole business model kind of. And once the Internet came along, they hated the Internet, let me tell you, because that gave everyone kind of leveled the playing field. Right, right. Uh, siloing information is always one of the go-tos of manipulative entities and bad faith actors. Uh, this stuff regarding the conversation about how online sales may have changed things also is due in large part to something in the U.S. called the Better Business Bureau. Noel, to your earlier example, an analog in the world of automotives would be Blue Book Price, Kelly's Blue Book Price. It is the common go-to of how much a vehicle may or may not be worth and nobody pays it. Uh, the other, the next thing in your comparison there would be uh, MSRP, Manufacturer's Suggested Retail Price, which again, people don't often pay. The big insidious psychological aspect at play there is something called anchoring, right? You want somebody to pay $30 for something that's worth $14. You have a $50 price tag just slashed out arbitrarily. There's no law against it. And all of a sudden, 30 starts to look like a good deal, especially when you, as a bad faith actor, have restricted access to information showing this stuff is worth $14. Those are deceptive sales practices. Better Business Bureau is mad about it. Failure to disclose interest rates, that's another thing they're mad about. Legally speaking, if you find yourself in a position where you feel you need to uh, go to one of these companies, and they are all operating legally, they're not breaking the law, they are required to tell you if you ask. It's another uh, thing this show in the past is called the guacamole rule. It's available upon request. Uh, and interest but rates... it costs three more dollars on your Chipotle right, right, burrito right. bowl. Per they, month. Per we got to tell you that. We're required by law as a Chipotle employee to tell you that guacamole is, is extra. <laughs> uh, these interest rates can be what is often called usurious, which means predatory. Uh, in... In this sense, interest rates can be up to 100% or even higher, and they're often in effect when you do this rent-to-own option. 
Because it's technically not alone. So it doesn't trip the flags that various states have about usurious or predatory loans. Instead, it's a lease. The product can be returned at any time during that lease term. You as the consumer will not get your money back. You overpaid for a television. You've paid twice what the TV is worth. You just want to bring it back and get out of this uh, terrible con then you absolutely are free to do so as long as it's in working order. There will probably be some fees involved because, you know, the company is working to maximize the amount of uh, your money it can take. So why do people consider it predatory? It's a good question. And also by that point, uh, they've probably restocked that TV. I bet stores like this only keep a certain amount of inventory where it's not like a big box store where they have like a whole warehouse full of the things. They probably just have a couple. And then they're banking on that one being out of the store for a long term situation. And then they just restock that one item. Every time it goes, they probably just restock it again. Well, you know, there's an interesting idea there, Noel, because it's worth asking the question. Many, many big box stores, regardless of what they're selling, use something called a just-in-time supply chain. And that really, the hammer hit the nail uh, during the pandemic when supply chains were collapsing. And all of a sudden, a lot of U.S. residents who had never had this experience before would go to a place, they'd see that the prices hadn't just risen. Consumers simply could not buy the stuff. It wasn't there on the shelves. Uh, and it went way beyond toilet paper and hand sanitizer. It's like the Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. Or the PlayStation 5, perhaps. Uh, stay tuned. Maybe there's an episode about semiconductors in Taiwan in the future. In the meantime, uh, here are some numbers from uh, a great a great piece written by Matt Breed in 2021 for an outfit called Money Crashers. And it hits on something very important. Uh, fellow conspiracy realists, fellow listeners, hope you clock this. So 2021, not all that long ago, uh, Matt Breed went in and checked out these places. Uh, the same way someone might accidentally walk into a store because you don't know it's trying to rip you off. Uh, Breed found that a 40-inch LCD TV was priced two ways. You could buy it right now, take it home that day for the low, low price of $1,199.99, not counting tax. Or you could rent to own it. And if you were on time, that price at a 60% interest rate would work out to $1,919.76. Here's the kicker, and thanks for this, Matt Breed. The lowest price for the same product, if you had the wherewithal to check into it, $499. But even then, this is based on maybe someone doesn't have $499. Maybe they know about the cheaper product. And they know it's good or just as good, but they don't have 500 bucks and they don't have good enough credit to get a a decent term credit card to buy that that TV for 500 bucks. Or to even just get financing with the store, right? Wherever you would buy it. Yeah, this episode gets gets to this, too. And these are uh, quite disturbing things to your earlier question regarding supply chain. It's interesting that if you're selling a $500 television for $2,000, then you can already pay 
you know, more than three times over, more than treble, uh, what, what, you know, you can buy three more TVs at minimum. That's just, that's just lazy cocktail math subtracting for overhead. You see it again with, uh, refrigerators. Actually, one of the best deals Matt Breed found was, uh, an Xbox, but it may be helpful for, uh, our fellow listeners to walk through just a couple more examples of how egregious this is. Can, can I give you one? I found at Aaron's just, I, I wanted to find like right now, how much something would cost like do do this exact thing that Matt Breed did, but with, uh, with Aaron, just cause I, I wanted to see just a year later, by the way. Yeah. One year later. So you guys, how much do you think it would cost to go out and buy a Nintendo switch right now? Like right now, 300, 300 bucks, right? Almost exactly $300 for just the base set. Right. If you go over to Aaron's, you can get it right now. They'll deliver it to you for free. They will service it for you as long as you've got it. And all you have to do is make 12 easy payments of $79.99. But the big kicker there, and the reason why people do it, I think, is because Aaron's offers a one-time fee of $5 to get it shipped to you and get the process started. I think I think that might be the kicker, guys, because it's like, here's five dollars. I'll get it right now. And then I have to make my payment at some point, you know, this month or by the say, beginning of next 12, month. 12, 12 payments, 12 payments of eighty dollars. That's almost a thousand dollars for it a Nintendo is, Switch. It is nine hundred and fifty nine dollars and eighty eight cents in total if you went the whole 12 months, which it's just crazy to me. It's three times the price of the actual product yeah and the video game consoles are less profitable overall than things like a refrigerator uh for instance a 23 cubic foot refrigerator that's one penny under 1500 bucks to buy it now 60 percent interest that's a little less than 2400 for the same thing lowest price if you go almost anywhere else 700 bucks money hand over fist Dude, but like that was well, you just said, Matt, though, was like way worse than this. It was like 600 extra bucks on top of the basic price of the switch. And the question then becomes like, what's the monthly payment? And do they assess that based on how bad your credit score is? And can they jerk you around even with that to make it a little better for them, a little sweeter? No, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know the specifics of like, I haven't actually gone in and tried to enter into an agreement. And honestly, I don't think I would, no, even, course, if, yeah, even if it was just fact finding, just because I'm scared. It scares me. Uh, some uh, I would want an attorney present. I think it's mafia type practices. It really is. It's like a what do they call that bust out? Like when, when the mafia like takes over someone like in the Sopranos, they take over this guy's sporting goods business and they just bleed him dry by like taking his inventory and selling it in times square and then taking out loans in his name. And they don't do it all in one go. They just do it over time until he's just got nothing left. Ben, I want to get to the point you made earlier, which was about, you know, it's some of these things are uh, necessary to live. Right. And if you think about a refrigerator, People need to have cold food. And especially if you're on a budget and you need to save money, you need to have a place to keep your food cold to serve it to your family or even to yourself, right? Well, similarly, washers and dryers are a very common good that are rented from these places. And I found a similar thing at Rena Center, you guys. It was to own it over the course of 120 payments, one payment per week, it would cost $4,200 to get this 
uh, pretty standard washer and dryer. Per around. week, though, that's interesting. Like yeah, versus it was per, per month week in any other, you know, uh, professional loan arrangement. Never per, that sounds like a rent by the hour hotel or something. Like it's very. I mean, I'm just saying. Like it's it's odd because it's thirty five dollars a week, thirty four ninety nine a week to have this washer and dryer in your house, and you can have it for 120 weeks. After that, you own it, and if you work that math out, it is five thousand two hundred and seventy eight dollars and eighty cents. And if you go to the Whirlpool website, the manufacturer of that object, we talk about the MSRP. For both of those things, it costs $2,200. So again, you could see the common pattern here, fellow listeners. Uh, to not miss uh, the point we we're attempting to establish there with the video game consoles and Xbox 360 Halo bundle for the discriminating customer <laughs> uh, is sold by these kind of places for 630 bucks. Rent to own is little under $840. That's 33% interest, Was that, which is actually a better deal uh, than these appliances. Lowest price, uh, fellow game enthusiasts will know, at that time was about $400. You know, that's really interesting that it's a, an Xbox 360 for that price, uh, for $399, and, and to get it for that much, and it would cost that much, because that's 2021's last year, and I'm pretty sure the X-Series or the, the Xbox X series came out and before that the Xbox one came out. So I wonder like, I, I wonder why the place is even offering an Xbox 360 as a standard rental, or maybe they just have so much inventory of those. They can get away with renting a bunch of them out and they're making just a ton of money back, I guess. Yeah. an Xbox 360 right now on Amazon is 115 bucks and it's refurbished. It's just weird. Uh, you might not be surprised to learn that there are lawsuits that become part of this. Tons of consumer advocate organizations have combated the deceptive, misleading, and again, not to overuse the word, just to accurately describe it, predatory practices used by the RTO, rent-to-own industry. Uh, a lot of these campaigns are seeking better state legislation uh, they're talking about this uh, obfuscation of rates, these hidden fees, these other deceptive methods, including unannounced attempts at repossession for missing a payment or places where uh, the given franchise or business purposely ignored a payment that was made on time. They all say the same thing. And they all say the same thing because they're right. The industry is targeting the poor. It's a perfect plan if you're not worried about ethics. If you just like to make money off of other people, then you'll notice that the people who can't afford to buy a sofa are also the people who probably cannot afford to finance a lawsuit. Judges agree. There are a lot of successful uh, lawsuits against RTO businesses in all sorts of states. In a few states, good news, they've led to changes in laws, such as Minnesota, New Jersey, and Wisconsin. I mean, heck, middle-class people can't afford to finance a lawsuit because you don't know how long it's going to drag on for. You know, it's like I just uh, had a thing where my property manager from the last house that I rented, one of those kind of, you know, big conglomo-type ones, they decided in their infinite wisdom not to return my security deposit for me, even though I had done everything I was supposed to do. And it's it was 500 bucks because I got a move in special. Am I going to sue them over 500 bucks? No, 
And they're banking on that. And I bet they do this nine times out of 10, not give people their security deposit back, knowing that the amount in question isn't going to be worth anybody's time to, to actually take them to court. So these are consumer groups fighting the good fight. These are businesses that for their side will simply say they're satisfying uh, a need in a market and will quickly point out that they are not, in fact, breaking laws. That is true, but whenever you hear about something that seems off or unethical and is also at the same time legal, it's honestly time, and this is just a personal opinion, it's honestly time to ask about the authorship of those laws. Taking a break for a word from the sponsors, we'll return to ask whether or not these businesses are setting customers up to fail. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. The answer is yes. Uh, it seems it seems that these businesses are indeed, to some degree, building the idea of defaulting on contracts 
into the business model. This doesn't happen. You know, in the days of radio rental in the United Kingdom, things weren't as dark. Things weren't as predatory. Uh, So it's time to ask why they took such a dark turn in the United States. Was it a matter of something getting lost in translation? Uh, There's an interesting theory in the research. Yeah. I mean, again, this was sort of before the advent of credit cards and uh, even credit report. Well, credit reporting bureaus sort of sprung up more locally where things were done kind of on a case by case basis and there wasn't like a national database for it. And then I think around 1912, there became sort of an association of credit reporting bureaus and a standard for like collecting this kind of information. Um, But at this point, it wasn't quite as like codified. It didn't really, the FICO credit score really didn't start until the seventies. So like this, they were filling a need for a thing that would ultimately fill that need later, but at that point didn't exist. And when, when credit cards start to become a mainstream thing in the United States, especially around the 1980s, anyone with a card in this new economy could purchase a dining room set or a television or whatever that uh, cardholder desired without having cash on hand. Though, yes, astute listeners, they would go on to regret it in many cases. Uh, There's a guy named Ernie Smith who has this blog that is well worth the read. Uh, Smith puts it this way, quote, in the 1980s when rent-owned places started to blossom. And so Smith asked how they handled this dichotomy. The answer is Machiavellian level simple. They started targeting certain demographics, people without credit, people with bad credit. Those folks need refrigerators. Those folks need places to sit just as well. And so places like Rent-A-Center charge a premium for taking on financial risk. Understandable. Your banks do that too. Your lending institutions. You know, it's it, it's how the game is played uh, to the point where some people ask, why not play a different game? And this is, this is to your point, Noel, quite similar to the dangerous payday loan model. It's fair to ask whether people are being set up to fail. Would like to draw everyone's attention to some excellent work by a journalist named Jim Dwyer, writing for the New York Times. Uh, Dwyer uh, made this great article looking at Rent-A-Center in particular. Uh, This was out in 2008, title for just a few dollars more, Big TV and Years of Debt uh, in Dwyer finds some pretty alarming examples. Uh, one one case was a 40-inch Bravia television, $47.51 a week, 117 weeks. Then the customer would own the set outright. Just for some quick math there, that's paying $5,558 for that television. That would be an interest rate of 71%, and that would be illegal if it were a loan. Yeah. But it's not. Coming out of your monthly paycheck, that's 200 bucks. And just to sew up what Dwyer was saying, uh, emphasis here um, is ours, not his. In all other particulars, it is much like a subprime mortgage for pull-out sofas and television sets. It's an accurate comparison. Well, and there there are laws in place uh, surrounding actual loans and what interest rates are allowed to be. But this is like loopholing its way out of that whole 
you know, calculation. Yeah. So in the end, I, I guess, guys, ultimately these places just take the goods back from you if you can't pay, right? Is there something else going on? What a fantastic setup. Yeah, thank you. Uh, what happens when people can't pay? <laughs> it gets nasty, way more nasty than you might one might reasonably assume. Uh, I'd like to introduce the National Consumer Law Center. A boring name, but they're doing good work. In 2019, they came out with a, re a report that's freely available online, more than worth the read, especially if you find yourself in some sort of good mood. It's called the Rent-to-Own Racket, Using Criminal Courts to Coerce Payments from Vulnerable Families. Uh, they found that every state in the United States, except for three, has a law that can be used to criminalize the failure to return rental property. Which makes sense in terms of like renting a U-Haul, let's say, right? And then I don't return the U-Haul. I have stolen that truck. But it, I'm not renting that U-Haul with any sense that it's my property, even temporarily. Like I, I know the deal and it's going to be for a couple of days and then it goes back. And But if I just went nuts and went on the lam in a U-Haul, I would fully expect to be put in jail for stealing a truck. Right. As a question of criminal intent, and this is where this is where things uh, this is the fulcrum upon which this stuff hinges. Vulnerable families and tight budgets already can't buy this stuff outright. Would already not be able to take out a personal loan from a bank in many cases, and are much more vulnerable to compounding misfortunes, loss of income, rent increase, which a lot of people in the audience have uh, encountered today accidents or illness, one of the leading causes of bankruptcy in the United States, divorce, right? Or a family member needs your help. This all adds up. And of course, there's very little assistance in this regard. So what if you have already, it, already this episode has established that customers are often paying thousands more than the actual product is worth? So they're in cases where they have a TV that could be purchased somewhere for like 500 bucks. They've already paid 1200 bucks, but they haven't paid off their contract. And so they can't make good on that contract. Now their television is getting taken back. They're not getting any money. They may be taken to criminal court. We're not talking about a few people. There are about 4.8 million U.S. households that are annual rent-to-own customers. Can I just add back to what you were saying about the vulnerability of these families and the potential for an accident, an economic misfortune? A lot of these folks are like families, literally, like like grandmothers and grandparents living in-house in small situations, perhaps, where it's everything's quite hand-to-mouth, and a lot of that is going into taking care of an elderly parent. So if that, and I wouldn't be surprised if it did, entered into that calculation, those odds of those bad things happening go up. Just the probability. If you have an older person in the home, chances are they could fall ill and then all of a sudden oh no i've got to use the money i was gonna i was paying rent a center for my tv to now make sure grandma doesn't die mm -hmm. sorry bubba uh we need to make good on the lcd so just pray harder uh as brutal as that sounds uh, and most people being decent human beings are going to choose human lives over making a monthly payment 
on an overpriced TV. Nearly four in five rent-to-own customers earn less than $40,000 annually. There is intergenerational discrimination in play. Three in five of the families or customers are uh, would, would be self-identified racial or ethnic minorities. Ben, I wonder how much of this predatory activity could be targeted at people who maybe don't speak English as a first language, right? So like if if maybe I'm thinking about the Buford Highway area where I'm from, like maybe you could target at Spanish families that don't understand the contract that they're getting into because it's written in a language may perhaps that they don't speak. I'm not saying that would be the same, you know, I'm not saying it's that way every time or maybe is that way at all, but perhaps that would be a way to take further advantage of people use that language barrier. Um, I don't think there's any, any question that that's going on. I feel like you could even use not necessarily an education barrier, but just someone who's not uh, accustomed to reading a long contract that's you know the kind of labyrinthine uh, just I mean, hiding even, stuff even, in there even the types of loans that are relatively quote-unquote above board you know for folks who are relatively savvy and have good credit scores even those are tricksy in these same kinds of ways you know what i mean where it's like you know i've, I've told the story before where I, I got a you know in-house loan to buy a car and they gave me the interest rate and i was like i, I looked up my credit report and i i shouldn't be paying this high of an interest rate They're like oh well if you had told us you wanted to pay a lower interest rate we would have get i'm like what what are you talking about you're like doing like you're gaslighting me right now guacamole upon request no so 100 the one last quote to pull here without getting too far in the weeds Quote, the industry, through industry-friendly legislation, has largely succeeded in maneuvering its contracts out of the range of most federal and state consumer protection laws. For the group to unpack that one, this report argues with validation, we looked it up and confirmed it, that the rent industry is often writing the laws that are meant to regulate it the watchmen are watching the watchmen you know or the uh excuse me the foxes are watching the hen house although that may be a dated reference apologies uh it conspires to target low-income folks while at the same time conspiring through outfits like alec american legislative exchange uh to write laws that remove commonplace reasonable Protection compounding with the high pressure tactics that are used to cow people into agreeing unknowingly often with horrific loan terms. When they can't pay, they get dragged to criminal court. This has ruined innocent lives. Can you clarify to me, like, it isn't a loan, which is why it's allowed to exist. It's that loophole we've been talking about. They're not dragging them to criminal court because they've kept the property. They're dragging them because they've defaulted on the terms of the agreement. Right. So it would technically be uh, often considered like a lease, a lease that's a sweetheart deal for the uh, industry. The laws in many states have made no real distinction between a criminal intent. To your U-Haul example, Noel, uh, someone says uh, someone says they are purposely renting a U-Haul to steal it. 
for a bank heist, right? And then abandon it. That's criminal intent or um, an honest hardship, falling behind on a payment or worse yet, the nastiest part, a bad faith move on the RTO company, the rent-owned company saying, let's be purposely incompetent. Let's not acknowledge that a payment has been made. It gets into uh, debt collector tactics, you know, harassing people, showing up at their house, loan shark stuff. thing in front of your kids, loan shark stuff. Life in the U.S. Uh, honestly just seems harder and harder for many people each year. And due to these, honest to God, legislative conspiracies, the problem seems set to continue. There's a good argument to be made primarily speculative, that this is part of a larger paradigm shift away from an ownership society to a service society. A hundred percent. It's, it's moving. Well, all things are moving in that direction. Streaming, you know, subscription based things. There's like, you know, companies where you can rent clothes to try them out or whatever at a higher, you know, and there's, there's all kinds of versions of it that seem like they're uh, utilitarian in, in some way. But ultimately, it's just removing actual ownership of stuff from anybody, even the higher, you know, income people. Pretty soon, it'll be American Homes for Rent and Aaron's present the American furnished three bedroom, two bathroom uh, American dream or, you know, whatever it is. So it's just like <laughs> the rental companies that we're talking about in these previous episodes, along with the other episode we're going to make out of this rent to own houses. Um, it, it is, it feels like the future, these massive corporations that don't want you to own anything whatsoever. Yeah. And the notes for this episode, there are examples like DLC for cars, non-game nerds. DLC is shorthand for downloadable content. There was a recent, uh, recent hilariously surrealistic thing with BMW, which started selling subscriptions for heated seats for $18 a month. <laughs> the thing is, the people targeted for these subscriptions, their demographic, they were BMW owners who had already purchased the BMW, which already had the capability to heat the seats. You were paying to turn on a function that already existed. Another example would be one of the first books pulled from Kendall subscriptions or purchases. No kidding. True story. George Orwell's 1984. Or like, you know, you might get a car that's serious XM radio capable, but and they might give you a deal where you get it free for a couple months, but then you have to pay for that subscription. And that's, you know, part of it. Uh, we mentioned a little bit at the top of the show how phones work now, um, even with people with like really good credit scores. And like it's, it's all so um, obscured. Like, what is the phone actually worth how much am I paying for it in the long term? And like, I had a thing where I was paying that fee still, even though I had already paid off the phone, but I was supposed to know that I had and then go back to AT&T and say, I, do a thing. There was some step that I missed. Otherwise, they just were taking my money. And then I'm like, well, where does that go? And they said, it goes into the abyss. They didn't say that, but that's essentially what it amounted to. There was and, no and or our bank account. Well, yeah, but there was no like, oh, we'll put it toward the net. Nope, that that might you were supposed to do a thing and you didn't do it. <laughs> Bizarre. If I could add one last little thing, we've talked about the concept of Sesame credit and how you you know are given this credit score that allows you to do certain things or not do certain things. 
I would argue that credit in America is not that much different because in order to do certain things, you have to have money and you have to be able to get approved for things. So even though we're burying it in like approvals and credit score and all that, it's not that much different than saying, oh, your Sesame credit score is too low. You can't get this flight. Well, if your actual credit score is low here, you can't get the flight either because you don't have the money. Uh, Mentioned on on the Sesame Credit episode years back. Yeah, it's a glass house situation. And with that, hope you enjoyed today's episode, though enjoy is a tricky word here. Uh, Unfortunately, there are many people listening today, fellow listeners, who have personally experienced this. Would love to hear your stories. Would love to hear what you think. Is this a case of caveat emptor? Buyer beware. Is this a case of businesses using existing power to further suppress uh, the future of people who are not as wealthy? Would love to hear your thoughts. Try to be easy to find online. It's true. You can find us all over the internet. We're on Facebook, uh, where we have a group called Here's Where It Gets Crazy, Twitter, and YouTube at the handle Conspiracy Stuff. On Instagram, we're Conspiracy Stuff Show. Hey, we have a phone number. Do you want to call us? The number is one eight three three stdwytk It is a voicemail system. You will hear Ben's voice, then a beep. Then please give yourself a cool nickname, and you've got three minutes. Say whatever you'd like. Please do let us know if we can use your voice and message on the air at some point in that message. If you don't want to use your phone to call, why not instead send us an email? We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X dot com. 
Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.